Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches vacation.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tiamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State Athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. Now that we are past spring practice and the NFL draft is in the rearview mirror, here on LGHL In Conversation, we are going to be taking this opportunity to talk to people who are experts in certain aspects of sports, players, executives, writers, reporters, authors, uh, and sometimes they may or may not have any connection to Ohio State directly or indirectly, both the interview subject and the topic at hand. Now, obviously, we will pivot back to Ohio State topics when news necessitates and opportunities allow, but we thought that these summer months in between seasons might be a good time to delve into some non-Buckeye sports topics to give you a different overview about what's going on in the world of sports. So, to get that ball rolling, on today's episode, we are in conversation with two-time All-American and Ray Guy-winning punter from the University of Georgia, Drew Butler. Following the end of his NFL career, Drew has been working at the intersection of sports and media and has recently become the head of the college division for Icon Source, a digital marketplace that connects brands with professional and college athletes. Their business is creating an easy, efficient, and legal, both from the actual like state and federal law perspectives, as well as the NCAA bylaw ones, uh, and providing opportunities for brands and college athletes to work together once name, image, and likeness laws take effect in various states across the country, especially in the Southeast, beginning on July 1st. 
Drew and I discuss all sorts of topics related to student-athlete compensation, what recent legislation could mean down the road, and since he is quite a salesman, we talk quite a bit about how Icon Source works to the advantage of both brands and athletes. So, with all of that now out of the way, here's my conversation with Drew Butler. So I feel like the the best place to start is in the state where you played your college football. In, in fact, actually in the stadium where you played your college football. As uh, earlier this month, Georgia Governor uh, Kemp signed a name, image, and likeness bill into law actually at Sanford Stadium. And he did it for the express purpose of helping UGA win a national title. Something that I feel like you probably uh, wouldn't mind yourself. But while that kind of naked homerism is funny. What's most interesting and kind of confusing and frustrating about that specific law is that it allows schools to hold 75% of that money that an individual player makes for, for NIL purposes and to redistribute it to other players uh, upon their graduation. As someone who has been a college athlete and now kind of works at putting collegiate athletes at the forefront of these NIL conversations. I'm curious what your thoughts were about this pretty unusual wrinkle thrown into the new Georgia law. Yeah, certainly that provision got a ton of media attention after the bill was signed, as you mentioned, inside Sanford Stadium. I certainly don't fault Governor Kemp for that. I mean, he's a Georgia alum. He loves the Georgia Bulldogs. Everybody in the state knows that. And you know what? If the governor had gone to Georgia Tech and did it at Tech, I wouldn't blame him in that regard either. But about the provision, I'm no politician. I'm no lawyer. It is not a requirement of the schools to do that. And no school will do that. Do you know why? Because it would be a recruiting killer. Let's put it simply facts. If it hurts recruiting, schools are not going to do it. And that's why I believe the politicians put the provision, and this is just purely my opinion. I think they put the provision in that bill just to allow flexibility on behalf of the institutions. Clearly, they're not going to do it. Uh, and maybe, and I think it's, it is a moot point because federal legislation is going to come down here pretty quickly and supersede all the state bills. Uh, maybe it was just an opportunity for the politicians to put something together and say, hey, if you want to, here's an avenue for you to do that. But no school is going to do that. So I really do believe it is a moot point. And then once federal legislation passes, which will most certainly keep the money out of the universities, uh, it will it will not, it'll be a non-starter whatsoever. So it, an interesting provision, certainly one that got a lot of media attention, but one that's not going to have any aspect whatsoever come July 1st. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, especially Division One and FBS schools have said, we, we're not going to do this. We didn't ask for this. We don't know why it's there. Um, so I guess that, that definitely makes sense. Um, what I guess stood out about it, it was, though, a lot of the other school or a lot of the other states in the SEC footprint are also either have NIL bills that have already passed into law or are working their way through um, the legislative process. And a lot of them are citing, as you kind of mentioned, recruiting advantages. They want to make sure that the schools have all of the tools that they possibly can to recruit as well as they can. And if they don't have one of these laws in place, it's going to be a disadvantage. So I wonder on, I have a couple different avenues I want to ask you about on this. 
in the short term, because you said more than likely a federal bill will kind of come in and supersede these these uh, these laws, but who knows how long it'll take the federal government to get to something. What do you what kind of impact do you think it has not only on you know your alma mater and, and your former conference, but on schools across the country that do and don't have them in the short term while we're waiting for something federal or national or heaven forbid the NCAA actually does something uh, to kind of make things uniform? Yeah, I mean, we talk to student athletes every day, and this is a top talking point when they're inside the facility among their teammates. It's a top talking point between compliance and the administrations, letting them know that this is coming if they're a state that has NIL laws going into effect in July 1st. And we know for a fact that these coaches, and rightfully so, are out on the recruiting trail telling these kids, if you come to one of these six states that are going to be live on July 1st, you'll have the opportunity to be compensated for your name, image, and likeness. I mean, that is something that these coaches want want to provide their student athletes. They understand that it is an advantage to them to tell these kids, if you come to the schools, you will have the opportunity. It is not pay to play. I mean, the legislation is clear and the federal legislation will be extremely clear in avoiding situations where schools Uh, supporters, boosters, businesses in those hyper-local areas are reaching out to high school seniors and offering massive endorsement deals to come to that school, that will be strictly prohibited and pay-to-play is not a way to go. The NCAA wants to allow student-athletes to make money off their individual name, image, and likeness, and they want to uphold amateurism. I don't think anybody would argue against that. This is the first step that needs to be taken. I think that the respective state governors who are signing these bills and allowing the student-athletes in their states to be compensated come July 1st are doing the right thing because they're putting pressure on the federal government, on the NCAA to act. All they've been doing is saying, we will put out the provisions January 14, 2021. Punt. We will set it for February. Punt. They're going, guys, we cannot wait on you any longer. We need to do this for our student athletes. You know, deadlines spur action and, and these state mm-hmm. governors are doing right by their constituents being the student athletes saying, we're going to allow them to do it. The NCAA can fix it on the back end, but we're not waiting any longer. <laughs> yeah. Who knows when the NCAA gets around to doing anything. But you mentioned that this is a good first step. What do you think is the next step? I mean, I assume the federal legislation is is at some point a step down the line, but is that the end goal? Is NIL where you think it should eventually get to or stop? Or is there something else that needs to evolve out of these laws and changes uh, that are coming onto the books in the next few months? Yeah, I think, you know, simplicity is going to be key. So when the federal legislation does come down and all 50 states are playing by the same rules, try to keep it as uncomplicated as possible so people can follow the rules, understand what's right and what's wrong, and most importantly, get these kids paid uh, as they deserve to be for their name, image, and likeness. As it does evolve past that, what are the next steps? You know, everybody talks about the NCAA football game. Well, that would fall into group rights. Group rights usually mean a union, an employee, employer relationship. Well, that's not going to happen because the NCAA wants to uphold amateurism. There certainly are ways to compensate group rights without creating a union and without creating an employee-employer relationship. I think those are some of the things that you could talk about. I also think about student athletes being able to use marks and logos of these universities down the line. How does that look? How do the rights holders play into that? You know, the biggest step is one, making the one that a lot of these states are doing on July 1st, and then you can evolve and build off of it. The benefit of Icon sources that we're software and we can adapt with it. We can listen to the compliance officers, listen to the student athletes, listen to the brand and say, hey, how can we make this better for you? And then adjust based off of the positive feedback that we get. So we're looking forward to it. We're on the forefront of it. And keep in mind, we're tackling the issue that's most important. And that's 
how are these kids going to get paid the right way? We're going about yeah. it in a very unique position where we're not engaging in contracts with the universities themselves. There is no contract and no transaction on behalf of us in the university. We are simply providing the platform for all 460,000 student athletes to create a profile and then drive those hyper local brands in each respective college town, the regional brands, the national brands to have a place to engage with these student athletes and keep it all above board. We have a secure, transparent marketplace where deals can get done in real time with contracts that protect the student athletes, where we ensure the transactions so the student athlete doesn't have to go chase down a payment from a bad actor. <laughs> and then we can automate and send all that deal information to the universities in real time so they can disclose the information and not leave the boring, heavy lifting stuff up to the student athletes. Well, yeah, you mentioned uh, Icon Source, which, and you are heading up the collegiate division uh, of this. Uh, of this digital marketplace, you did a good job of laying out how it's going to work. But what do you see as more states start to uh, make these opportunities available to their student athletes? What do you see the impact of that being across all sports? So much of this conversation has been about football and about um, you know men's basketball and, and to a lesser degree women's basketball. But you mentioned that it's for all four hundred thousand plus athletes. Beyond those big money-making, revenue-generating sports that we talk about, when it comes to the Olympic sports, how do you envision that impacting those folks, even if it's not on the same level as the big-name college football players? We've really enjoyed getting to speak with student athletes regularly. Uh, gymnasts with hundreds of thousands of followers on social media have mm -hmm. signed up on Icon Source. Golfers who are going to be competing on Golf Channel for the NCAA championships in two weeks are on Icon Source. You know, these are sports where people watch. Their followings are really passionate. They have brands in their area and companies and people who want to support them and have those athletes speak authentically to represent that respective small business business, brand, restaurant, bar, et cetera. There is so much opportunity in this market and we want to provide the place for the market to play out. We want to provide the place for the brands to go and search for an athlete based on geographic location, based on common likes and interests, based on how their social media reach and impact is. And we want the student athletes to walk into a brand and say, hey, if you're interested, head on over to Icon Source because it's all going to be done in such a manner that keeps it above board. And I don't have to worry about anything. I have the confidence and peace of mind knowing that I'm doing it the right way. So Icon Source certainly will have a great impact for the 1% of those revenue sports stars who will demand hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it's built for the 99%. It's built for these hyper-local yeah. brands. It's built for the non-revenue sports, the Olympic sports, the sports that do have intense followings and really passionate fans. You just might not hear about them every Saturday during the fall. Yeah, I've often said beyond just kind of like the marketing capabilities that you mentioned with brands and stuff, I think that there's also a ton of opportunities for these Olympic sport athletes, whether it's through camps or other things like that, that they can really benefit from NIL changes. But talking about kind of spinning this forward to the long term impact of these laws, be they state or federal, as these things do become universal, do you think that there is going to be an, an impact or a move towards the already rich schools that have the um, the reach and the branding for hundreds of thousands and millions of fans and followers? Or do you think it'll kind of be a blanket thing where it's going to raise all boats and so that the pros and cons will outweigh each other and things will just kind of stay the status quo just in a slightly different way? 
I mean, let's take football, for example. I get asked yeah. this question a lot, and maybe I'm naive, but that's already happening. Look at the college football playoff. How many teams have played in it through 10 years? Yeah. You know, not that many. So for people to come out and say, well, NIL is just going to make the rich richer and recruits are only going to go to these couple of schools, that's effectively already happening. I think the positive aspect of this, when you look at the schools that don't have the huge budgets, when you look at the schools that really do uplift their Olympic athletes, when you look at the schools who might be able to keep a recruit at home because he's going to have a ton of support in that hometown rather than going to a Clemson or an Ohio State or an Alabama. That's the real change here. You know, I mean, recruiting in college football is absolutely insane right now. So much different than even when I went through. This is an added wrinkle to it. And I think it kind of creates a more level playing field. I know everybody's going to take that with a grain of salt because the playing field is not level right now when you look at the top dogs. Um, And that goes to speak to, one, the performance they have week in and week out on Saturdays. Two, the resources they have from an athletic department budget and booster support. And three, they're insanely, insane passionate fan bases. And as we all know, football is king in that regard. But uh, I think it's rising tide lifts all ships on the grand scheme of things. And I'm really excited because I know student athletes are just as excited as we are. Yeah, I mean, and, and especially when you're talking about those bigger name sports, football, men's basketball, especially probably even more with men's basketball, where you can go one and done and go straight to the NBA. Maybe you do go to a smaller school or you go to a coach, go to play for a coach for one year. Um, If they can pay you while you're getting ready to head to the NBA, if you know you're already going to be a guy who's leaving after a year if things go well, I I really think that this is an opportunity for uh, maybe those mid-level schools and even smaller schools to try to compete in terms of recruiting in ways that they can't do currently. So I'm 100% with you uh, uh, on there. Uh, on that thing. You mentioned the the ability for student athletes to unionize. We've seen that go through the legal process before at Northwestern and that was was shot down. But you said there's other ways to do it. There's other ways for these collective rights to be, I don't know if negotiated is the right word, if that would put it in the union employer employee uh, terminology, but how do they do things like that? How would that stuff be impacted Um, if and when they decide to do the football game or whatever kind of collective rights would need to happen for a large group of folks. Yeah, I mean, to be 100% honest, that's that's out of my realm of expertise. Um, <laughs> I've spoken with groups that do have very creative ways to make sure it does happen because it does happen with other sports where there's no union. I would just caution student athletes. I, I was one. When I was 18, I thought I knew everything in the world. I'm 32 <laughs> now, and I, and I really – I probably know less than I did back then. But the main thing is this. I would caution these 18 to 22-year-old kids, if, if you wanted to unionize – and create a union of over 450,000 people, I'd be careful. You know, you don't want to be an employee of the school. You, you don't want your full scholarship taxed. You don't want to have to pay annual dues to be in that union. Um, I think the right step is to make the first step, which is what we're doing right now and allowing these student athletes to be compensated for their NIL and maintain amateurism. Yeah. And uh, it sounds great on paper, I think, but you're right that there are so many complicating factors that make that a difficult step that I don't think that the student athletes necessarily understand, even if they're doing it for the right reasons. For sure, for sure. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. 
Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So as we kind of spin this forward into what Icon Source is doing as the states start to roll out the individual bills, what is the next step for how you are bringing the the recognition of what your platform is doing to student athletes as more and more states allow their student athletes to participate in name, image, and likeness uh, revenue down the line. Yes, certainly. You know, our main goal right now is student athlete acquisition and they're fired up because they're worried about one thing. Where can I get paid the right way? You know, they're going to be drinking out of a fire hose when it comes to education um, resources that they'll have provided to them by the universities, what to do, what not to do. Hey, what is this industry all about? How do I best position myself? It is going to be a head spinning experience for them and rightfully so because it is brand new and we agree with a lot of the legislation that says it's up to the universities and it's required of the universities to provide that education. We want the student athletes to take that education and go, okay, I'm ready to go capitalize. Where do I go now? We're the answer. We are the platform where they can create that profile. We are the platform where they can direct brands to engage with them on icon source brands. It's free for them to sign up. It's free for student athletes to sign up. They can have real conversations with one another, build out opportunities, have contract templates that protect both of them. And then most importantly, we ensure the transaction and payment processing for them so that they get paid the right way. When it's all done, the information can get sent to university disclosure group, whatever they prefer. We want to be, and we will be, the premier marketplace for all student athletes, the common platform for all student athletes to engage with brands, both hyper-local to national, in a secure and transparent marketplace. Uh, You know, we're agnostic. We come in peace. We want to provide this opportunity for student athletes to get paid. We want to give that opportunity for brands to engage with them and then universities to alleviate this headache that they're going to have to figure out where am I going to go to figure out where our student athletes are getting paid from. Uh, We have that answer for them. Well, and you mentioned you come in peace, which is good to know. I appreciate that caveat there. Um, But one of the things that I think a lot of people are nervous about, and maybe before this NIL discussion came up, but um, they're always worried about the NCAA violation implication of these things with all of the schools, as you mentioned, kind of having their own way to uh, to administer this. They still have to follow whatever NCAA rules there are. How do you deal with the compliance aspect of these things to make sure that the student athletes who think they're doing the right thing don't inadvertently cost themselves eligibility or a postseason ban for their school or things like that? Yeah, take that uncertainty away from them. You know, the NCAA's request for a proposal for the third party administrator is around disclosure. They want to disclose what's happening. They want the student athletes to disclose what's happening. They want to make sure that they can congregate all that information, ensure that it's being done above board, and keep these student athletes eligible. So, my question is this if you're a university with your own infrastructure, which we've seen, if you're a university who doesn't know how they're going to approach this, which we've seen, if you're a university that's in 
engage with a company that's going to take care of it for you, which we've seen. Everybody's worried about disclosure. Disclosing what? Are, are we going to rely on these student athletes who are so busy with class, tutoring, film sessions, practice, games, regular social life to then take 45 minutes out of their day, pull up a disclosing website that probably <laughs> isn't the most uh, stimulating, and then yeah. enter in all this information manually? No, I would take that away from them. And as a compliance department, say, hey, guys, we understand that there's a marketplace out there called Icon Source. If you do a deal on Icon Source, they can send us all that information and it can be automatically integrated into our disclosure platform. Therefore, the student athlete doesn't have to worry about doing any of it. You know, if you do have to do all that stuff, those $500 Venmo offers that you might get on Instagram seem a lot more enticing. <laughs> if it's a $500 deal or a $500,000, dollar deal. It has to be done the right way. That's the headache that we want to alleviate for these student athletes. And I think it's important to know, we've been talking about Icon Source in, uh, from the college perspective, but you guys are a company that works with athletes already. This isn't new. Yeah. You're not reinventing the wheel. Obviously, the format and the structure and the, uh, and the compliance side of things might be different when you're dealing with student athletes in the NCAA, but this is not a new concept. This isn't like something that you're coming up with on the fly. This is tested and you've worked with athletes uh, across multiple sports for quite a while. That's correct. You know, Chase Garrett, founder and CEO, created Icon Source in 2019, had tons of success with top athletes. All the major agencies in America utilize Icon Source and very high profile brands do deals on Icon Source every single day. Chase ran Red Bull's athlete marketing program for seven years. A lot of our team, if not all of our team, have experience being a professional or a student athlete. We understand what we're doing. And with the success and the data that Icon Source has from their work daily on the professional side, uh, it's been fascinating to see that their platform can be replicated for the collegiate opportunity, tweaked in some certain ways to provide that resource for these student athletes and universities and brands to utilize. So this is not something that got spun up out of nowhere, trying to take advantage of a new industry. This is simply a platform that's been working for professional athletes for two years now. That just happens to be the perfect solution for name, image, and likeness. Well, I've got a couple real quick questions to kind of uh, wrap up this conversation, but uh, I know that a lot of these states, a lot of these deadlines uh, don't pass until July 1st. So you're probably still much more in the planning phase and the recruitment stage um, than the actual implement, implement, implementation stage. Um, but have you started hearing from brands? Like, are there anything that's been like um, set in place? Like, is there anything like exciting uh, on the uh, in, in the foreground that might be coming up sooner rather than later? Yeah, we're simply telling brands, we've got thousands of student athletes signed up and you're going to have the opportunity to engage with them as soon as this light turns green. You know, student athletes are signing up every single day because they want to be ready for July 1st and to keep everything compliant because that's what we're all about. Those accounts are locked. They're hidden. If you go to Icon Source now, you're not going to see any college student athletes on our platform. July 1st, when those states go live, <laughs> oh yeah, those profiles turn live and they will be able to engage with brands. Brands know this. Small businesses, you know, I live 60 miles away from Athens, Georgia. They've never had the opportunity to hire a student athlete, yeah. engage with them, pay them to promote their restaurant or bar or store in downtown Athens that these student athletes can speak to very authentically. It is a great two-way net positive for brands and student athletes to say, hey, let's do this together. We'll pay you for your name, image, and likeness. You can promote our restaurant that we see you at every single weekend. And if we do it on Icon Source, we know that we're doing it the best way. So we're really excited to provide that platform. 
as someone who has formerly lived within about 100 miles of Athens, Georgia, I know that there will be businesses large and small oh, yeah. uh, willing to jump on that uh, as soon as, as you said, that light turns green. Uh, the last thing that I that will wrap this up on is so much of the NCAA's hesitance to engage in things like this has been, as you mentioned earlier, the this air of amateurism that is part of ingrained into what the NCAA does and wanting to focus on the educational side of things rather than the commercial side of things for these student athletes. Do you think that these opportunities for student athletes could have a negative impact on the academic side of their experiences? Or do you think that there is might be something that engages them? I think a lot of people that, especially around this NCAA versus Alston case are concerned that, um, this would be an opportunity for students to not really worry as much about the educational side of their careers and focus more on being able to cash in and make money uh, on their NIL at the expense of their academic uh, achievements. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, right? When I was in school, I, I was highly motivated academically and I would have loved to have made a couple extra thousand dollars. You know, I didn't have much money when I was in school. I think that's a general consensus for most student athletes. <laughs> I mean, you're running that checking account down, waiting for that next scholarship to hit and uh, next scholarship check to hit that is. And I, you have to stay eligible. I mean, if you're not eligible, then you won't yeah. be able to get paid. So I, I think that is an easy talking point to, again, maybe focus on some of the negative aspects that people love to discuss. But you have to stay eligible. You have to perform well on the field. If you continue to do that and you're a great student athlete and you have a great brand and you leverage your social media and you're out in your communities, you're going to have opportunity. And that's what I think is most exciting. And again, a lot of these education and consulting firms that we talk with who are pairing up with the universities do a fantastic job. You know, they're going to be really rocking and rolling, helping these kids understand what's out there and available to them. We just want them to utilize that information and put it to use on Icon Source. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. Also, thank you, of course, to Drew Butler. If you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We have recently launched a whole new slate of shows with more cool stuff to come, so you do not want to miss that. So make sure you subscribe so you can get our daily dose of podcasting goodness downloaded directly to your device every single time a new episode comes out. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWWMatt. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.